Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route to the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. <clears throat> All choked up there on rural and urban America. Hank Bogler checking in. White Pine County, Nevada. I had... Uh, Somebody, I'm not going to use any names or details, but somebody said, Trent, what's wrong with that Hank Bogler? I offered him good money for his lambs and he won't sell. Ha! <clears throat> that particular individual or group or company <laughs> all last spring was on every one of those conference calls. The lambs were within a couple hours of their, I don't even know how to say, uh, it's not a harvester, but, but kill plant and, and never even bothered to bid. So then looking for low, low hanging fruit, my neighbor who has the exact same breeding as mine actually copied mine, Southern Nevada Water Authority. Uh, and they, for practically the same delivery date, everything, Heavier, heavier lambs, lighter lambs sell for more money. Got 303. Now, that's quite a <laughs> difference between 286 and 303 the last time I, I looked. Now, uh, maybe not you. Yeah, I wasn't going to use any numbers. No, okay. you can't. They're your numbers, so you can do with what you want to. Yeah. Three pounds for a lamb? That's a lot of money. Three Well, the uh, goats are bringing $4 a pound. Are they really? Yes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And the whole thing of it is, it's the same thing that you cowboys are going to have to deal with. There's only, what, four packers, five packers that do 80% of the beef? You don't think that they haven't sung themselves to sleep going, ha, who the heck are they going to sell them to? So whether they're all having breakfast together or not, it doesn't matter. There's so few. It's so concentrated. It's even worse than the sheep deal. So these guys, mm-hmm. had they don't advertise. They don't try and do anything. <clears throat> they satisfy their market and go to sleep. Who are you going to sell them to? Give them away for Christmas. Ha, ha, ha. Well, all of a sudden, live trade, Muslim trade, ethnic groups, and they don't want a 200-pound lamb that has a 100-pound carcass. It's a grease ball that you put it in a frying pan that floats off onto the floor. <laughs> they want a lamb chop that is equivalent to the 90 pound stop that you and I saw in Adelaide, Australia, eh? Yeah. They want a 90 pound lamb. So all of a sudden, not car loads at a time, horse trailer loads at a time, suddenly started evaporating in these small ethnic group slaughterhouses. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, 25 to 30 percent of the lamb crop is gone. And they didn't take those lambs and buy them at 90 pounds and run them up to 200 pounds and make junk out of them, worthless crap, selling corn, not feeding lambs. Well, corn's 750 a bushel, so that's changed a little bit, Hank. It's $5.52 on the board this morning, isn't it? Uh, I was told last night to buy corn out of the elevator locally. It was seven fifty. 
Well, yeah, because they saw you coming. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of us, it's 552. That's what but anyhow, no, okay. no, no, that's what it is on the board. What's your basis? I haven't a clue. Well, two dollars, right. it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, all I'm saying is, is <clears throat> if they get that law passed for these smaller slaughterhouses that used to be in business everywhere, I, there used to be a half a dozen of them along the Snake River that you used to be able to take your livestock to, cull cows or whatever that they put out of business in favor with the government to get rid of their competition with rules and regulations, which are nothing more than taxes, and put all these mom-and-pop outfits out of business. Maybe we're going to have a renaissance. Maybe this stuff is going to come back. What, what are you it's talking about? Caught, what are you talking about getting what law passed? All kinds of rules and regulations. No, my no, 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 no. I understand the hurdles, but you you just implied that there was some new law that was going to be passed that would help. Uh, they have a new deal to where you can, uh, the inspection of the slaughter plants, the small slaughter plants, are not as onerous to where you have to have, you have to have a kill of 3,000 a day uh, to get the federal inspection over and you can sell it across state lines uh it's been proposed in several areas at the federal level to make it easier for small mom and pop slaughterhouses because people want to know where the steer came from they want to know what his name was and what his uncle leroy's name was number and one so- i don't buy that but number two, okay, fine. Uh, uh, I, I mean, we we tell that story, but I don't buy the fact that people really want to know the animal. They just want to know that they're buying from a family that cares as much as their family that does that eats it. And we need more transparency in that regard. That whole nonsense. That's just trying to lead us into a path of individual traceability, which doesn't really accomplish anything other than government monitoring. And I don't believe that they're going to pass something that's going to fix 50 years of destroying the ability for those small and mid-sized uh, entities in the food business to to once again come back into play. I don't believe that's going to fall upon the government. They're going to be the hurdle, not the op- the the solution. Well, anyhow, they are promoting just those very things. That uh, and if you just want to continually rain on my parade, mm-hmm. I'll probably well, melt into the dirt. That, that there, there's never going to be a government program that's going to be the solution. Probably not. But the solution with the lamb deal and with the sheep deal and with the goat deal and even coal use everything. Had the, yeah, basically they went around the government. They they suddenly uh, walked in where poo pooed is not worth two dead flies, and wound up with thirty percent of the lamb crop and most of the goat crop, mm-hmm. and caught the big outfits with their breeches down around their ankles. So there. Because if you talk to anybody who was that that business, uh, I'm talking meat packers, but it doesn't matter. Oh, by the way, a little history tidbit. In the late 1800s, there were 80-some packers, meat packers, in New York City alone. Yeah. And well, you know where the what, United Nations is at was, was Swift and Company. But do you know what every year those 80-some meat packers would get together and complain about? High prices. No, the three, the three large ones have too much control. 
It was an annual thing. Even in the eight, late eight, <clears throat> excuse me, even in the late eighteen hundreds, they complained about that consolidation and too much control at the top end. But if you come into twenty twenty one, and I've talked to these guys, Richard Frudenberg, Memphis, Tennessee, who owned Feinberg Meats, so he was just that mid sized packer that we all wish that we had back. You know what his number one problem was in two thousand when I went to see him in Memphis. Government. Government, which created a challenge in getting labor. You can't give, find anybody to work, and the government was putting all these hurdles in place. And I know you don't know anything about labor challenges, but that has been the number one challenge. Well, they should have that all solved. They're bringing in a gazillion and a half folks, and their checks can go right straight to the Mexican cartels that's bringing them across because they owe them money for getting them in. You know, it's two thousand bucks for somebody from Mexico, three thousand from somebody in Central America, five thousand to nine thousand dollars for Chinese, uh, Russians. You know, how come all these people are escaping these communist countries and coming here? Why aren't they going to Cuba? You know, where it's great, where it's perfect country. What you know, for every one of these folks that come across the southern border, why don't we send? Some Ocasio Cortez Maestos or whatever her name is, send her, send them to Cuba where they love it. Bernie Sanders should be putting together junkets to go to Cuba where it's perfect. I mean, what's what's with that? We, you know, for there, it should be a balance. Mm-hmm. So, but again, whatever the deal is, whether it's just all smoke and mirrors and and political theater, which it usually is. The the re- most recognizable thing on the market right now is is people trying to help the mid-sized deals. Now, whether that comes to fruition or not, stay tuned. Maybe it will, mm-hmm. maybe it won't. But free enterprise the, caught the, the, the packers of lambs with their pantalones down and took uh, away their market. Hank, I, I can't even believe I'm hearing you say that. Unless the consumer decides they're going to stop buying from the global elites in the food business, nothing's going to change the structure. It will not happen from the government. It happens, has to happen from consumer demand. But I have to go to a break. And it seems like the perfect time to talk about a regional food system called Certified Piedmontese owned by Lone Creek Cattle Company. It's actually the Great Plains Beef Business. Lone Creek Cattle Company is the brand name. All you really need to know is you need to talk to Marlon Will and find out how you can receive a premium closer to the consumer's food dollar. That is equal equal to $180 per head over market price at 600 pounds. Get details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Back with the second leg of the journey roll route after this. Welcome back. Roll route. Trying to lose alongside Hank Vogler. Ninth day of August. I don't know. Is that is that significant in your history? Well, wait a minute. We got to clear up what you just did. You <clears throat> at the commercial break? Did you say you were going to neuter me? Yeah. No, I muted you. Oh God! I almost had a heart attack. What the <laughs> heck was that all? About? <laughs> Kelly <laughs> Kelly came in here and was asking some uh, transportation issues because we got get some. Pigs to the local small mid-sized locker, Amherst, Nebraska, who does a fantastic job, Belchner Meats, and she was wanting to know which pickup she was going to take. So we, ha- I had to mute you. Oh, 
So you you actually are are you know it's bad enough that you broke my heart about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, mm-hmm. and now you can't say I can't have any hope about any competition for the big packers, even if they take away ten percent of their market. That's a lot of cattle. But being a cutting edge guy, guess what I did? Uh, <laughs> I can't never wait. Guess. Okay, I bought ten truckloads of fat hogs. Bottom, turned them out at Chin Creek. You've been to Chin Creek. Mm-hmm. Now, California says you got to have free ranging hogs. Now, do you think Chin Creek would be considered free range? I do. Okay, we unloaded them, tripped them around the block, put mm-hmm. them back on the bus, and sent them to California to be slaughtered. You clearly have not loaded hogs lately. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that, and the next step, just to, because this seems like an opportunity for anybody, you got all these marijuana stores here in Nevada, mm-hmm. because it's legal to to get high on the company's supply or whatever. Yeah. I have made a deal with <laughs> wait, them. Start- wait a minute, are you designing their marketing campaign? Get high on the company's no. supply? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that they've got the outlets already. So not only are we going to sell uh, medical marijuana and smoking dope, we're going to sell bacon and pork products right there so people can come from, from California. Of course, it's legal for marijuana there, too. But we, they can, we'll have an outlet for them to get bacon and probably going to be chickens pretty quick and probably steers pretty quick. I mean, everything is going to have to be free-ranging. And I don't know of any place on earth except where I live on the other side of nowhere that is more free-range than that. So little technicality there. Guy slipped through that loophole, you know. He might he might be wearing silk underwear pretty quick. So yeah, let's well. just go there for a moment because <laughs> um, in the last – week 10 days i've i've had this conversation come up not every day i every single day because this california situation has gotten a lot of traction so in 2008 i went to california 14 times and that was because proposition 2 was taking place and all of this that we're talking about here dates back to 2008 and we tried to explain to people in 2008 that it, you know, don't tell the farmer how much space the chicken needs in to lay an egg. The farmer will decide. Well, we got smoked. We never won a single county. We lost. We did it wrong. We got beat. And that started this incline or this erosion of people telling the farmer how to take care of the products. 2010, the California egg producer was at a disadvantage because they had to comply with Proposition 2 standards. And the Iowa, number one egg producing state, did not. So they started shipping in 28 million eggs a day. And the California egg producers like, whoa, 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 we're putting me out of business. So 2010, they put in law, in place a law that says if you're going to sell eggs into California, you have to comply with California standards. And so now fast forward to January 1 of 2022, that applies to all meat and animal products coming into the state of California. And so, consequently, now people are saying, oh, my goodness, we're going to run out of pork. What are the National Pork Producers and the American Farm Bureau doing? They filed a lawsuit, which I was told Friday, that has promised to get to all the way to the Supreme Court. I came out with a commentary that said, 
stop wasting money in the court system. It is time the Californians starve because they're going to continue to demand things of farmers, food producers, farmers and ranchers that are not practical. And here's the thing, Hank, they're talking for cattlemen. They're like, oh, see, they're just messing with the pigs. They're all too confined anyway. No, that's not the case. They're sending the same demonic message about the consumption of beef and cows contributing to environmental degradation and all of these other things. That's their avenue against beef. The avenue against pork is, oh, look, we can't have pigs out of a CAFO. It is time that people starve if they don't understand the food producers that take care of the animals know what's best. And that didn't even get me started yet in Oregon, but I'll take a break. Okay. You you can't keep trying to comply with what they want when what they want isn't in the best interest of food production. They're trying to take us back. You know, in fact, what you just said is a real story. They should send their own hunters to Texas where $60 million worth of crops are destroyed every year by feral hogs and let California survive on the feral hogs that run around in Texas. Then we'd solve two problems. Well, I don't know of any farmer rancher or anybody that has livestock gets up every morning and says, I wonder what we could do to be really cruel to these animals. No, they try and do everything on earth. Even with the labor deal, this woman that's suing the sheep guys in the state of Nevada saying that we're slave owners and and we're horrible to our people and we work them 24-7. I told her, I said, hey, lady, everything we do is for those animals. That's our business. That's what animal husbandry is all about. And those boys took a contract to that effect to deal with animal husbandry, which is a, a kind of another issue unto itself. But the whole circle of the whole thing is when you have animals that the consumer wants, a steak that looks a certain way, an egg that looks a certain way, a, a slice of bacon that looks a certain way. That uniformity has done a lot to concentrate. And if in order to get around the labor issue, you have to have a more automated chicken house or an automated farm that feeds hogs and waters them in a concentrated area has more to do with what the consumer is demanding. Now, if the consumer says we're willing to spend the same kind of money you do when Gavin Newsom goes to the French uh, laundry for $1,000 a plate food or whatever that was, then that's what you have to cater to, what they want. If it's peacock tongues, that used to be the favorite of the Egyptians. And I think the Romans also, you know, how many peacocks you have to kill to get a mess of peacock tongues. So, yeah, that has more to do with absolute total decadence not feeding the masses so yeah you're right let the masses get mad enough to rise up there are mr newsom already has those issues right now in a state that has one of the largest hispanic mm-hmm. populations in the country they're trying to throw the bomb out so yeah there yeah, there are always yeah. issues and the food issue is the competitiveness of agriculture down to one half a percent of the population feeding the rest right. and people overseas has become very competitive. And so, okay, yeah, I'm but, with that. But in the meantime, if I can bootleg a nice steak across state <laughs> lines into California and make some money, quit raining on my parade. Dang it. Well, <laughs> here's the problem. 
apparently about 15% of the U.S. pork production currently migrates to California. Yeah. So all the pig farmers are saying, like, no, Trent, we can't lose that 15%. I said, you're going to try to save that 15%. By the way, at the same time, in the last 18 months, China has increased their pork consumption 2.5-fold because of the phase one china trade deal nobody's talking about that so my this is my harsh words for california i'm going to sell it to china and let you figure out that either i know what i'm doing or you you're going to go hungry it's that simple well because you know the people behind the same initiative right hank they don't want us to eat animals period they're the same people that are promoting all of these die of old age in oregon well that's ib13 That we we need to get to in the next segment, not this one. But the people who are promoting... By the way, all of this stuff that we're talking about where the pigs need to be free-range, that came as a result of a ballot initiative. It wasn't legislation. It was the stupidity of the California voter that asked for that. But in 2008, we were on the ground in California telling people, if you pass this Prop 2, your egg prices are going to triple. Nobody listened. And yet I can go find right now Articles from January of 2015 where people are saying, hey, why didn't they tell us that our egg prices would triple if we passed Prop 2 back in 2008? We did. You weren't listening. So you got to find a way to get people to listen. I am not listening much. I've been talking mostly. We'll take a break. Protect the Harvest is working on every one of these issues that we talked about right here, trying to protect the American way of life, and that is utilizing your properties you see fit, because when you turn the farmer, the rancher loose, we can produce enough food for 10 billion-plus people in the world. It's these government intervention and hurdles that cause the problem. Free yourself from government intervention. Work with Protect the Harvest to get it done. ProtectTheHarvest.com. We're back with the second half of Roll Route after this. Welcome back. We're all route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler checking in. Gotten out of Oregon just in time. I did not need to neuter him during that break, so I just hope <laughs> everybody knows. Hey, Oregon's problems followed me. Mm-hmm. We got 6,000 head of horses on the herd management area. They're, they're going to gather 2,000 of them. And... Uh, they can't, I don't believe they're getting much luck because we've got from the fires in Oregon and in Northern California, the smoke has come over. You can't see 10 feet in front of you, White Pine County. So <laughs> what a deal. What a deal. I, I assume that they'll, you know, when they get a clear day, they'll jump out and gather some horses, which gathering 2,000 out of 6,000, they ought to be able to do that. So, yeah. I wouldn't bet on it. Um well, they don't use that that cowboy that flies a helicopter anymore, do they? Yep, that's it. This is a helicopter gather. Oh, okay. <laughs> the wettest summer we've ever had was the last time that they tried to water trap them, you know, which was just bad luck, you know. I mean, you know, uh, you just it's just a fact of life that uh, people are more in tune with saving something that doesn't need saved. Or, or being a part of something that, that is not wrong. It's, it's, it's advertising. It, it, it's having that, that little niche statement, you know, like the Department of Environmental Quality 
Well, now how can you compete with that? Mm-hmm. No matter how screwed up it is, it's the same way with all of these things. You got to have a snappy phrase, Department of Labor. You got to protect all the little guys from all the bad guys. Well, <laughs> everybody that came here didn't come here to take jobs as CEOs of Microsoft, whether it was digging the Erie Canal by the Irish or the Polish folks coming to show the English how to build log cabins. They came here to do the jobs that needed to be done, and then generation after generation, they got out of the ghettos. That has happened since time immemorial. People came here for the rule of law, the opportunity to own property, all of these things. And now with all those complacencies, you know, why why are these people wanting to come here from all over the world, even now, where, where if they read the tea leaves, Cuba probably will be freer than America. Heck, Russia might be freer than America here pretty quick because I think those places are on the edge of revolution. I think China's on the edge of a revolution. Why are they whipping up all the nationalism and all the uh, boogeymen that they've got to come together with so Winnie the Pooh can get the heat off of him? I do believe that that's a capitalist country, and now it's being oppressed by its government. It ain't going to last very long. And why we because of education, cannot get on board and tell the truth. We gotta, we, we gotta pick sides. That's what the hard part is. So back to Oregon. Yes, sir. Where if you palpate a cow, you'll be charged with a sexual abuse. If you uh, do any standard operating procedure that we've done in food production for quite some time, you'll be charged with something. And the most damning part of that ballot initiative is that you cannot eat an animal until it dies a natural death. There, You know what the likelihood of us getting common sense to prevail in that particular ballot initiative are? <laughs> Zero. The, yeah, that, so, so what yeah, are you going to do? Multnomah and, Multnomah and Lane County. Uh, uh, that's it. Yeah. The rest of the state is mm-hmm. is rural America. It's just ridiculous. But I blame it all the years. If you want to see the model for a welfare state, Oregon got bucket loads of money in for years and years and years from timber revenue. Bucket loads. Because a certain percentage of that went back to the counties. Right. Went back to the state. And so the people in charge couldn't spend the money fast enough. So it was a welfare state. It's been a welfare state since the fifties. And, and so it just progressively got better for the certain group of people to move in that, uh, poor pitiful me. And, and, and they made a welfare state out of it. And most of the state is a very conservative state, except for the metropolitan areas. And then when they, the timber revenue went away, uh, they still continued to stuff down these taxes and all these onerous things on the population to support the people that didn't want to work. And I believe Thomas Jefferson said that we will lose the the republic when the people who work wind up giving all the money to people who won't work. Mm -hmm. So that's what they've done. There's there's your there's your model right there, Oregon. And and, and it's a very small portion right around Portland, period. In the story. But you know, here's the thing. If you look across the board and you truly understand what's going on, Oregon is worse 
for all of these situations than California even. Yeah. They had more timber revenue than California. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and California started putting more restrictions on things like the redwood trees. Well, my understanding from foresters, not from politicians, that the redwood trees, the biggest detriment to the redwood trees is competition from other trees. And it had a regimen of fires year after year after year that cleaned out the competition for the light, the soil, the moisture, everything. And the young redwood trees had bark on them that was pretty well resistant to fire. So it had always had a regimen of fire. And there are no young trees coming along because of the other uh, less desirable or whatever uh, less long-term uh, trees taken over and shading out the young redwood trees where they used to harvest them, etc., etc., and and manage the forest once again, just like a wheat field. So you know, all of this stuff is just, it's marketing. If you could come up with an idea that is, you know, sellable, uh, get people to believe it, and and look sincere. Like <laughs> you you got it made, you know. Well, I, and again, I, I I still don't see the remedy until we get people hungry. I I just don't see the wake up call. There's no level of education in a campaign that's going to go tell people in Oregon, here's what you're about to do until they experience it. <laughs> but you're going to punish the. 80, of the, of the state of Oregon. You know what? With, with the Looney Tunes. I agree with that, but at some point, they have to accept responsibility because you know as well as I do, we saw this with the Hammond case. There were too many people who knew right from wrong, but they sat back and they didn't say anything because they didn't want to be targeted next. The reason that we have the minority ruling the day, the tail wagging the dog, is that too many people that make up the dog are afraid to say something for fear that they're going to be targeted next. So this is the bed you made. You have to lie in it. That's what my mother always told me. That's why Eastern Oregon is trying to get a petition going to move to Idaho or Nevada. That would be be the best remedy possible. Yep. Yeah, the original division of Oregon was along the Cascades, and they thought it would be too expensive. So they just used uh, more, uh, they used the Columbia River, the, the Snake River, parts of that, e- things that were easier to survey out and and a line of, of latitude. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and, that, and that's what they got. They got two completely different worlds. So, yeah, well, same. Look at Nevada, you know, Nevada the whole population is is controlled by Clark County and and the rest of Nevada uh, suffers from Clark County because uh, what Clark County wants Clark County gets most of the popular it's a, Nevada I think they say is one of the most rural states there is and what and with one of the most pos- populous concentrations of people in one spot and that would be the Vegas area yeah so yeah so how do we realign all these states? Well, here's the other part of it, and this hit me up close and personal when we were in John Day with the Arise Tour. I personally talked to eight people that drove from Portland to John Day 
because they're fed up with what's happening in Portland. So while we were, are quick to just chalk them all up as Looney Tunes and need to move on without them, there are people in, in those cities, too, in Vegas and in Portland, that think like you and I do, and they they just want the solution. Yep. And as long as you got the voting laws we've got to where if you've got a pulse, well, you don't even have to have a pulse to vote Democratic, only Republican. But uh, and, and uh, allow amnesty to people that didn't go through the proper procedure to become citizens. If they're in such an intent hurry to get here to become part mm-hmm. of America, then part of the participation in America is becoming a citizen legally. So become citizens legally. Then you can vote. Voter ID. You know, get stopped by the police. What's the first thing? License, identification, of course, and insurance. But everywhere. Most places. Uh, Try and cash a check out of town. Check into a hotel. You got to show your identification, driver's license, every credit card. You can't even yeah. do. You you can't even get in a hotel without a credit card, no matter how much cash you have. So, and yep. that's mostly because of the identification. Yep. Yep. I mean, all of these things, but voting. The most important thing you can possibly do as an American citizen is vote. And, and, oh, well, you, you know, that's okay. Come, come one, come all. We don't mm-hmm. care. That's, that's pretty, pretty crazy. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, or an independent. That is pretty insane. So, yep. Yeah, those are the things we have to cure. That, and we got to get into that Department of Education. The people in Loop City, Nebraska, or in Hazard, Nebraska, should be deciding what the curriculum for their children should be. That's why the children are all winding up in private schools, in charter schools. Why? People see it, and they get them out of the public education system. The statistics for public education is just horrific. Uh, (laughs) Some of the big cities that are controlled by the Democrats, the public education, uh, kids get out of there, they can't read, they can't write, they can't do math, and that's okay Mm -hmm. because – you know, just vote Democratic and we'll have, we won't have any trouble. But, you know, but the, I think the worm is turning. So. Well, the worm needs to turn in central Nebraska because we have an issue statewide. We have a state board of education that wants to teach, uh, critical race theory, wants to teach kids in Nebraska public schools that, uh, sex education starting in first grade. You know, you can choose your gender. You don't need to do what, you know, God thought you ought to be. And ironic, you bring up Hazard, Nebraska, because there's somebody from Hazard, Nebraska running for the state school board to fix all of those issues. We'll leave it at that. Certified Piedmontese, also based in Nebraska. Nebraska is the center of the nation and the center of your health. Get details about your involvement in the certified Piedmontese system at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We'll be back with the last segment of Roll Rod after this. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler chiming in from White Pine County, Nebraska, wishing he lived in Nebraska. Uh, Are you going to move I, White Pine County to Nebraska? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't Why? think it'd be a, a, it wouldn't be a, a good fit uh, because I'd be trailing my cattle to your house trying to get them something to eat. I'm going to have to feed them again this winter, even if they do get the horses gathered. But mm-hmm. anyhow, there's all issues are issues. And, and 
I, I believe Nevada could easily be part of southern Idaho, but, you know, Boise people are moving to Boise, Idaho to get out of California and, and, uh, bringing their politics with them. Same way in Nevada. I mean, why do you think Nevada is going back to masking? Uh, they're trying to be like California because the California people moved up here. I, I was hoping that we would get more conservative people and maybe we will. Maybe Governor Exlax will be the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. I hope, I hope, I hope. So, but you know, you've been very unkind to me today. I mean, <laughs> if anybody I, I challenges you, they're unkind to you. Come on, quit well, wearing your yeah. emotions on your sleeve. Well, yeah, but I mean, here I had a thing that was going to, my ship was going to come in with bootlegging meat to California and you say, let them starve. Don't mm-hmm. even let meat in there. I do. So, okay. I got another proposal. I have come up with the perfect. Absolutely perfect COVID test that you can take at home. You don't have to go to a doctor or anything. You don't need a certification that you've been vaccinated. Every day, as many times as you want, you can take my COVID test, and it works. Okay. Yep. Okay. You open up a can of beer. You pour it in a glass. Mm -hmm. You smell it. If you can smell it, you're halfway home. Then drink the glass of beer. (laughs) And if you can taste it, you don't have COVID. I can't top that one. I I just can't (laughs) top that one. (laughs) The only warning label will be that if you do the COVID test over six times an hour, (laughs) you will get a headache. And then you will have to take the COVID test very early the next morning again to uh, get rid of the headache. So there will be a warning label on, on the beer cans. So there you go. You know what? I will partner with you on this project, COVID test. <laughs> I'm not partnering with you on your feed California, no matter how stupid they are concept. That's a, I'm out of that one. What? They want free-ranging animals. Okay, go ahead and tell me that if you dump a load of hogs out at Chen Creek, that that wouldn't be about as free-ranging as you could possibly get, yeah. unless you're you, in Texas. Yeah, except you, you think that gathering 6,000 horses is a challenge? Let those hogs out there for 30 days and go try to gather them. 30 days? I'm, I unloaded them yesterday morning. We put them back on the trucks this morning. They're on their way to California to be slaughtered. What? They didn't say no time limit. It just said they need to be free-ranging. What's I, wrong with them? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just figured out what you're doing. You are smarter than the average sheep herder, Hank Vogler. Because not only do you have a labor problem, you have a predator problem. And right now, because you have a labor problem, you have a bigger predator problem because you don't have somebody out there living with the sheep like they should be. So you're creating additional foodstuffs for the predators of the sheep because they're going to forget about eating that old woolly thing after they get a little bacon belly. Well, you're creating, whatever. You're creating a diversion for your predators. <laughs> and those hogs that come from some confinement system dumped out there the first day, they're going to be rather slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hank, they're going to be easy to get back in the truck. They didn't say that no, they had not. to be free-ranging from day one to, from birth. It didn't say anything, but it just had to be free-ranging. Okay, there's the process. I wish, Dump them out in a very large field. I, can't I, get I wish I could watch you tail a 180 hogs out of a free-range up back up on a semi. That's what I'd like to watch. Stuart Crookshank, when he was young, they had turkeys that they turned out in the hills mm-hmm. 
and they herded the turkeys like they do sheep. Mm-hmm. And he told me years and years ago about his experience as a, as a young person, and it had to be in the teens or the 20s because he's been gone for a lot of years, but he was an old sheep trader. Stuart Kirkshank talked about they used to run turkeys in herds. Now, I I can't imagine. Pigs can't fly. or Well, I guess they could in certain instances. But turkeys could fly away on you, couldn't they? And they still they still herded them. Mm-hmm. So how, a pig uh, may be a little more of a challenge, but I could, you could train your dogs to round up pigs. Wait around. Actually, actually, through the years, I've known people that herded pigs with dogs. Okay. So... <laughs> hey, you know, back in the day when we we're trail driving cattle from Texas to Chicago, actually that's not a true story. They trailed them to Kansas to the railheads and then put them on trains and hauled them to Chicago. But back in that day, they were trailing hogs to Chicago. Sure they were. And how about when the pioneers came west? Uh-huh. They brought sheep, they brought cattle, they brought goats, they brought all the farm they, animals. Yeah, but with they, them. they put them on a semi. Uh, that would be semi pretty crazy to do. I don't think they could do it. <laughs> they hadn't had semis in those days. Then they they had to, no matter what they were driving or, or what was pulling their wagons, oxen or horses or whatever, they had to kind of circumvent where the buffalo were at because where the buffalo were, there's nothing to eat. And they burned buffalo chips, not wood. To get across the deserts, but the but they had to have feed for their livestock. Time out. Did you just comply with the the myth of the Great American Desert? The Great Plains was never a desert. Doesn't matter. It, there was animals there that that through, that through evolution over mm-hmm. the years and years and years had learned to consume and survive on what was available to eat there. See? And their prairie fires. Thank you. You just made my point. That's what I want from California and Oregon, to survive on what's available to eat. So I want them to go out and pick berries every morning. I want them to go out and have to shoot a bald eagle to live every day. That's what I want. That'll teach them. Well, Kelly, you're in a bad mood today. Kelly no. must really nod on your <laughs> cheeks when she came in there. I'm morning. a realist today. I'm just <laughs> telling people, get over it. Get back to reality. You've had it too easy too long. Well... When this inflation hits, and if you think eggs are expensive and beef is expensive now, you may not have to worry about Proposition 12. It may be Proposition uh, infrastructure that gets us, uh, you know, uh, we're we're on our way to to some pretty expensive things, I would think, wouldn't you? Uh, I can't believe diesel is still $3 a gallon. That's what I can't believe. Uh, It's $4 a gallon out here. 309 and... Loop City, Nebraska today. Wow. Well, uh, it's like four fifteen, four sixteen for gasoline, and I, I think diesel's actually a couple dollars, uh, not dollars, pennies cheaper. But it, it's all over around four dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, just so you know, I have my Pertrans in training. I'll be ready. <laughs> That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That is a good idea. I hey yeah. Hank, I've had. Two horses that, you know, I've had 20 horses and people, I say, what do you do with them? And I straight up, I feed them. But in the past two months, I've got horses that are now ridden, and I rode two new horses last week. That felt wonderful. 
I've got a friend helping me with uh, getting these Pertrans started because I just don't have the time every day to start something. But we are going to have transportation at any level around this place. Well, I, as a matter of fact, bought myself a new horse. My old buddy, big fella, tipped over. And uh, uh, so I got me a new horse. Uh, his name's Too Tall Jones. <laughs> you got a step or what are you using the fence what are you doing three uh, steps back around uh, and jump well, no way follows me around with the backhoe so i can get him in the hole <laughs> sometimes a little inconvenient but he's a nice horse <laughs> yeah so boy this horse yeah. thing has changed wow horses oh boy, are worth the- some money Yes, sir. That uh, those little uh, four wheelers. Everybody's gathering everything with four wheelers and side by sides. They're not using their horses. And I've been telling them for years. Your horse is going to buck you off. You keep messing with that crap. But no, nobody listens to me. So I'm going to quote the wisdom of Clarence Krogman, White River, South Dakota. He said, "You know what? Those the horse might hurt you. Those four wheelers will kill you." Yeah. Yeah. And and the whole the whole Western United States fell apart when our, we got went mechanical. When we got beyond horseshoes and horseshoe nails, we ruined the country. So there. All right. Guess what? It's coming back. Wild women and barbed wires. What ruined the West? By golly. That don't be blaming the women. There was a demand for <laughs> there was a demand for wild women, or they would have not succeeded. Well, I guess that's right. That was a quote from Cowboy Bob McDonald. <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking of barbed wire, 1934 Taylor Grazing Act comes into play a little more every single day, and you're the first one that really brought that to a national attention. Well, it's uh, it's it's pretty complicated when there's two levels of, of law. When the law specifically says through the Taylor Grazing Act, who can hold a permit? And along comes Harry Reid and Southern Nevada Water Authority, and they go, King's X, we're bigger, better, and smarter than you. They're no different than Mario Cuomo or any rest of these criminals that are running our world that can do anything they want or, or Nancy Pelosi not needing to wear a mask or all of this. And that's what I think will tip over the apple cart is all these people are going to find out mm-hmm. that there is a two-tiered level of justice in our country that, that that's the day i'm actually waiting for right there accountability to these people yep. who've been doing whatever and throw hillary in the mix how many things yep. has that woman done criminally that anybody else would have been put to death for and she just runs around continuing to be a part of it jeffrey accountability Epstein. yep Look at all these people. We 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 read medieval Europe. Read, read about the Egyptians, the Romans, or anything. That's the corruption that ends the societies. Mm-hmm. It, is it, is and then the people do starve. But it's it's the two tiered level of justice. It's it's good for me, but not for thee, or whatever they say. It's just it's wrong. It it is wrong. And this country was developed, and and its standard bearer was rule of law. And rule of law, no matter how far up the food chain you are, you're as susceptible to your errors as the least among us. And that's the problem. All right. Well, here, here's what you need to be rest assured. No matter how tough it gets, I'll have a pair of mules, 
a team of Pertrans, a wagon, and I can run up the Oregon Trail and bring you some hog belly. boy. We'll sell it to the guys in California <laughs> for triple. For triple. <laughs> We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Both Hank Vogler and myself remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route with free-range critters for everyone. <laughs>